Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. This is a time within our lifetimes that humanity is moving from the darkness into the light. The overriding decider of what comes next is what you choose to think about, speak about, and behave according to from this moment forward. But if we want unity consciousness and we want to become one, the fastest and best way is to realize we're going to give it to ourselves, and it's up to us to decide what we want. You can still ask and receive, but it's better to give thanks and receive. Give thanks and act as if it's already done. Then there's no fear, there's no resistance. There is no outside of God. Everything is God, and I am pure God, and everything is therefore inside of me. I'm seeing a reflection of what's inside of me, inside of God, and and therefore, if I want to create change, it begins here. And when you start feeling and understanding the truth about the nature of reality, then you start realizing the one variable in any one of our lives is... Welcome to the Inspired Evolution. I'm your humble host, Amrit Sandhu, and you're tuning in to a conscious conversation designed to help you grow. Our mission here is simple. It's for you to live your purpose, live your best life, live the life you love. This podcast is sponsored by Enthusiasm for Life, by great creation itself. To keep the good vibes flowing for myself and yourself, do us a solid, subscribe to the Inspired Evolution podcast on YouTube the home of the Inspired Evolution podcast. Now sit back, relax, open your mind, open your heart to this conversation and stay inspired. Keep evolving. Today's podcast is with Mike Dooley. He was in The Secret. He has been teaching people how to manifest abundance for over 30 years. This is an extremely practical conversation and yet an incredibly inspiring conversation. Hold your horses. If you're ready to manifest some abundance in your life, this is the conversation for you. 
welcome back to the Inspired Evolution. And we have with us Inspiring Our Evolution. Oh my God, from all the corners of the universe, we have with us Mike Dooley. Mike, how are you there, sir? Honored to be here, Amrit. Oh my God, the honor is totally ours. For those tuning into Mike for the first time, he's a mastermind in the world of personal development and the creative force behind the Universe Talks, T-U-T. We'll talk more about this. And as a New York Times bestselling author and speaker, he's transformed the lives of millions with his empowering message, which fundamentally is to remind us that our thoughts shape our reality. His work from the inspirational notes of the universe to his pivotal books have challenged not only for us to think bigger, but to actively pursue the life of our dreams. He does this with a great sense of humor. If you haven't checked out his YouTube channel, I highly recommend you do this. And there's also a lot of sage practical advice there. And yeah, it's all about being able to navigate life possibilities. But Mike, there was a point in your journey and I'm looking at it, uh, the particular point in 1999, ticking over to 2000, where it didn't feel like it was a world of possibilities for you. Can you describe this transformative point in time? What was going on? Can you bring us into the moment with you there, please? Yeah, it was uh, it was my dark night of the soul. <clears throat> uh, we had just liquidated uh, a t-shirt gift business that my mother and brother and I had founded. Totally unique t-shirts, T-U-T. That was the original meaning of T-U-T. We got the domain name. It became the Universe Talks later on. Um, we had done really well. We had sold probably $10 million worth of our totally unique t-shirts in the decade of the 90s. But the trends were declining. I tried everything to right the sinking ship. And it was like, you know, let's just jump ship, uh, wipe the slate clean. We didn't owe anybody a penny and, and figure out our lives from there. And so we wound down uh, almost with a glad heart. Yeah, we're in control. But on the next day, after locking the last door to the last store of our small chain of stores, it really sunk in like, now what am I going to do? I was months away from turning 40, which really freaked me out uh, back then. I used to think that was old. Um, and uh, I, 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 I had no career momentum. I was starting over. I didn't know what I was starting. I had enough money to coast for a little while, but not nearly enough money to come close to paying off my mortgage at the time. Um, I had a long-term relationship that just dissolved overnight, and like the inventory that we liquidated, uh, kind of metaphorically, the poetic nature of the universe. Uh, we were approaching our 10-month anniversary. That was long-term for me back then. And uh, found out she had a boyfriend. I thought I was her boyfriend. Um, it was very complicated, and uh, I was nauseous uh, every day for weeks and weeks and weeks. And uh, I remember thinking, how did this happen to, to me of all people? I had pretty high uh, regard for myself and my handle on reality. And I knew that thoughts become things and I am a divine creator and all things are possible. Well, it seemed like a train wreck of my life. But I remember thinking, don't try to figure out what happened. And certainly don't try to figure out what's wrong with you, Mike, because you will find stuff. Oh my God, you will find so much stuff and you'll need a crew of professionals working for the rest of your life to undo all the stuff that you'll find wrong with you if that's what you go looking for. Instead, Mike, you know how the game works. 
You are this being of light, of the divine, by the divine, for the divine. Your thoughts become things. Words give you wings. You're pushed on to greatness every day. I mean, I was like, I knew how it worked, but I couldn't explain that point in my life. So I said, just start working it. And so I, I, you know, I can admit it now, but it was, I would not have admitted it, you know, on the, the, the eve of my 40th birthday, but I put together a vision board. Uh, I was already deep into creative visualization. I had affirmations and I had already done vision boards. Didn't know why it led to that in my life, but there's an answer in just a moment. And uh, I started knocking on doors and turning over stones, choosing from the least sucky options before me. They all sucked. You know, if anybody's been in that place, you know, uh, you're in that place because you don't know what else to do. The yellow brick road didn't show up. And uh, while it seemed like nothing happened, uh, as the months peeled by, I started sending out this email of encouragement that I wanted to receive that evolved almost a year later into notes from the universe, a free email. And I started creating an audio program, Infinite Possibilities, The Art of Living Your Dreams, selling it as an audio subscription every month. <clears throat> that was my one viable product. Uh, I joined Toastmasters to deal with my fear of speaking in public because I found as I went down these sucky roads that I really liked writing. I really liked um, being reminded of the truth. I knew that there was a light at the end of the tunnel if I could only find my tunnel. Um, and in the, that audio program, Infinite Possibilities, to give myself credibility to my small subscriber base, hey, you know, if they knew where I was at the time, they wouldn't have signed up. But I, um, I, I started to I share some of my earlier life success stories with manifesting. I had a scrapbook out of college. I was unemployed. I put a picture of uh, Hong Kong Island in it. And two years later, I'm sitting in uh, Kowloon, Hong Kong at the Regent Hotel. And there's like the exact view that I had put in my scrapbook, finally employed. But when I started telling those stories for the first hour of Infinite Possibilities, uh, I was overcome again with like self-doubt. It's like, man, your stories are old, Mike. They're like 10 or 15, almost 20 years old. And a voice in my head said, you're living your greatest story right now. And I remember thinking, yeah, yeah, I am. I'm living my greatest story right now. Like that, that would be cool. I, I that would be cool. Uh, but I, I kept at it. And the next thing you know, um, you know, the notes were blowing up because I had transitioned from writing from Mike, which was never that popular for my subscribers to writing as the universe with a little tongue in cheek, a little bit of humor, as you shared. Um, and then uh, the speaking invitations started coming in. Uh, my first gig was Amsterdam, you know, for a Florida guy, that was pretty cool. Um, then London, I'm like, oh, gee, I, can get, I was getting booked overseas, but not domestically. Um, and then the audio program came off fantastically. It was being sold literally all over the internet, you know, back in the heyday. And then uh, a couple of years into it, uh, I, I look back over my shoulder to figure out the train wreck because you know I was I thought I was doing it all right how did it all come apart and you know Amrit I couldn't find a sign of a train wreck my train had come to a screeching halt which is weird enough and freaked me out I thought I was 
self-sabotaging. I must have invisible limiting beliefs. I'm a bad guy. This is karma. Um, it's like, no, my train came to a stop so that it could change tracks and go farther, faster, higher, better than the track that I was presently on could take me. And it took an entire rewiring and reworking of my life. It was like the beginning of the biggest dream of my life coming true. It was like all good, but to the physical senses, like when you're driving in your car and you're following GPS, everything's weird. It's not your destination. Everything's wrong. This isn't what you set out to do. Don't judge yourself or your journey based on what your physical senses are showing you because they see so they see so little of the scope of reality and the powers that you're welding and the elements that you're commanding. And so it was like, oh my God, thank God I didn't go looking for what was wrong with me because I would have so successfully found out, you know, why I didn't believe in myself and what mom said was the main cause and my dad didn't give me love or whatever, whatever. I mean, you know, we all have stuff that we're dealing with, but uh, the overriding decider of what comes next for your listeners right now, the overriding factor of what comes next is what you choose to think about, speak about, and behave according to from this moment forward. And literally mountains can be moved. We are all born worthy. We are sparks of uh, divinity here because we wanted to be here uh, to live on our terms. Uh, and and uh, there could be no greater adventure. Hence at tut.com, the adventurers club for the adventure of life. Long answer. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> Please do not apologize. There is even um, I was reflecting on one of the um, one of the notes from the universe where it um, talks about how just and I'm completely going to butcher it. Your writing is way more eloquent and also concise, which is a whole we can have a conversation offline about how you mastered that. I'd love to learn. Um, but one of the key things in there is um, it was talking about just attention or something. But like the next little while, the universe will be listening to every single thought and action that you'll be doing for the day or something to that effect. <laughs> Signed, love the universe. And it's just such a potent reminder of like what you're saying here and now. Did you want to describe that email just quickly? <laughs> that was the very first note I ever wrote. And I remember, you know, you, you, you know, intuition and, and uh, heart-centered direction is, is, is never fails. But as I was writing as Mike, you know, week after week, month after month, almost for a year, I, I kind of felt overwhelmingly like I could say more and it would be far more impactful if it wasn't signed Mike. Like, who's Mike? They don't even know who Mike is. And I, and I wanted to write as the universe. And by that time, Neil Donald Walsh had already been published uh, and those blockbuster phenomenons, conversations with God. And, um, and, I, and I don't know if I was influenced by that or not. I was a cer certainly a fan of his. And uh, I thought, you know, if I sign these as the universe, and I thought, that's arrogant, that's presumptuous. Who do you think you are to the write audacity. as the universe, <laughs> given where your life is? And, uh, and then one day, it was a Friday, I, I just kind of had this pull, this leaning, and I wrote, because I've recited it so many times, because it's the very first one of many, many thousands. Your attention, please. Your attention, please. This 
is the universe. And of course, in the real emails, your name is in there somewhere. So your attention, Mike, your attention, Amrit, this is the universe. And today I will be recording your every thought and emotion. No matter how generous or stingy, no matter how helpful or hurtful, no matter how blah, 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 a couple of other little stanzas like that. And in the very near future, I will be playing back everything I record as a manifestation in your life. Thank you. That is all. And it made me laugh when I wrote that little. <laughs> and I thought, oh, this is kind of cute. And that's not too arrogant. I think, I think people can tolerate that. So I sent it out. And immediately people responded where they were never responding um, before. And, and even then I was dense. You know, my logical brain was like, well, you can't, you can't overdo that. And you're not going to come up with another one. And so I only wrote a note from the universe on a Friday. Whereas emails from Mike, who's he, Monday through Thursday, and I did that for like four or five months, I would only do a note from the universe on Fridays. And then it was like, the notes are so much more fun. They always get a, a response. And it's not fun to write as Mike. Um, and so I just switched it. And every day, Monday through Friday for 24 years, well, 22 maybe years, uh, I've been sending out a note from the universe and thousands have been written and um, I'm glad you like them. Thank you very much. One of the things I wanted to ask you about, um, just to, I don't know if it's a flick out on a tangent, but it's in line with questioning nonetheless, um, was as you're writing, because one of the things that I remember was a bit of a pivot on my journey when it came to prayer was I used to think prayer was to, well, you're asking for stuff, you know. Um, and then after, shortly after a while I realized actually prayer done right isn't actually about asking for stuff as much because the whole principle around non-attachment and detachment because anything you ask for eventually you're going to lose um, to some degree. Uh, um, but it's really about building an intimacy um, with something greater than yourself. Let's just leave it at that. It could be universe, mm -hmm. could be creator, mm -hmm. could be God, whatever word you want to use. And I just, you know, again, you would jokingly talk about the audacity to write as the universe, which I love. Um, how, is your, how is your relationship with what you perceive as the universe? Has it, has it developed more intimacy as you've been writing as the universe? Can you just um, well, I'm still the student and uh, I've been learning, I'd like to think, by leaps and bounds over these couple of decades and uh, you know, I, I phrase it this way now, um, there's really only you, Amrit, and more you. That, that's, that's the summation of the universe. And for me, there's only me and more me. There, there's no delineation. And I loved what you said about prayer uh, and how it can cultivate kind of an intimacy. And that's, that's really valuable and priceless. Because heretofore... It's been about, you know, can I, may I, should I? And I've, there's some notes that, that, that speak to that I, that I don't have memorized. But it's like, you know, uh, the universe is like, you tell me. You know, if you're praying in question marks, good luck. You know, uh, you, pray, you pray in thank yous, hallelujah, so be it. And, and there's nobody out there apart from you listening, actually. So that whole model, you know, coming from, you know, particularly, you know, religious times when God was this angry deity and we were guinea pigs 
placed here to be tested, judged, and sentenced. God, how we, how we got out of that mess. Uh, m- many are still thinking that that's the case. But coming from that place, well, you know, dear God, please may I, uh, makes some sense. But it was based on a false premise that you're here and God's there and that God judges and decides what happens in your life. Rubbish, baloney, it's never been the case. We are who God most wanted to be and who God still is on the razor's edge of reality creation with the chosen element being, you know, the um, elephant in the room that we voluntarily forgot who we are and our choice in being here and our choice in being who we are. And, you know, that's the fall from grace. And there's a lot of metaphors, half right, half wrong. Um, but nevertheless, this is the name of the game, and it sure adds to the romance and the adventure and the highs and lows and wants and don't wants and all you know, you know, all of a sudden desires born because we believe in separation, and that's not a terrible thing. But if we want unity consciousness and we want to become one, the fastest and best way is to realize we're going to give it to ourselves, and it's up to us to decide what we want. And yeah, we better. Be careful about what we ask for. Ask for is not the best way, but there's so much wiggle room given our divine heritage. You can still ask and receive, but it's better to give thanks and receive. Give thanks and act as if it's already done. Give thanks and and detach. Be happy in the waiting. Be happy as if it might never show up. And that just greases the wheels so that it will show up that much faster because then there's no fear, there's no resistance. So my relationship with the divine. And this was kind of um, a a lightning bolt moment for me. This past summer, I was sitting looking at the Bay of Manzanillo in Mexico, where we have a home. And I was just kind of contemplating, you know, the the nature that it is all the divine, and that, that we don't really play out our lives in the palm of God's hand, which I used to often say, uh, it's more accurate to say in the heart of God, but even that creates a little bit of separation because everything is inside of God. There is no outside of God. Everything is God. And and I am pure God. And everything is therefore inside of me. And the lightning bolt moment came kind of like, like when I look out at the world or at my monitor and see anything, uh, and the birds and woods and water, it's like I'm seeing a reflection of what's inside of me, inside of God. And and therefore, if I want to create change, it begins here. And uh, I had this amazing moment with Sarah Landon. I don't know if you know of her. She channels the council. And and several summers earlier, I was talking to the council and to Sarah. And I'm saying, I'm really frustrated because I'm trying to calm the waters. And I go out there on this little uh, pier and I'm talking to the bay. You know, be still, calm, be still. and and, and hopefully complimenting the lightning bolt moment I had, the council powerfully said that you are seeing yourself as separate from the water. You are like, you know, I'm Mike and I'm all powerful and the divine stirs within. Now you calm down, you be still. And said, the water is you. It's you. You be still, you be calm. Go within to calm the outer. And so... So that's kind of like how I'm cultivating my relationship with prayer and desire 
and uh, affecting change. And it's evermore bringing me right back to me, closer uh, in my heart, in my mind. Uh, and of course, there's layers, Amrit. It's not just our surface thoughts. You know, usually those are in words, which are so incredibly limiting. Um, it's the feeling, it's the vibe that we conjure with comprehension and understanding. The other day I was sitting in here in the morning, kind of a meditation. And I was like, you know, I really want to, I want this connection. I read this book. Uh, I am the living Christ is the title of it. And it's like a channeled work on the, the life and times of Jesus from being a child onward. It's very, very brief booklet. And it said that, you know, Jesus often didn't go out with the kids and would stay uh, secluded and communicate with his father, which is his word for higher self. And so I'm like, like, okay, I'm, I, I, I'm game. I'm down. I want to communicate. And a funny realization, you know, when you go there anywhere with questions and you bring it here, answers start coming, notes from the universe start coming, things like that. It's amazing. So, so it's like, I, I realized that my kind of expectation was that, you know, I was like, you know, I'm here, Mike, you got my attention. Yo, dude, what's up? Let, let's, Mike, let's have a I relationship. No father, Mike. It's like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's like, you know what? I, I, it dawned on me that it's going to be a different frequency. We hear that word all the time these days, a different vibration. And it's not going to necessarily unless he really needs to humor me, he, uh, just a, a placeholder, um, it's going to be feelings and it's going to be feeling tones and it's going to be, it's going to be a knowingness or it's going to be an opening. It's going to be, it's like, I totally change how I feel like I will be communicating with my higher self, with all that is, um, in a brand new, brand new way. Um, and more profound, more fulfilling, more complete, like spontaneous illuminations. They ah, so stemming from your your talk on prayer, which I quite liked. Hey, you're inspired tribe. I want to take a quick sec. I wanted to share something today with you that is really dear to my heart, and it's actually what keeps the entire ecosystem around the inspired evolution thriving. My one-on-one coaching. So it's basically coaching that helps you live a spiritually aligned life. I coach people from all different types of walks of life. That These people are leaders and they're looking to have an incredible spiritual impact in the lives that they're leading for themselves and then also lead in alignment to their values. Now you don't have to take my word for it. Here's a few people that have also transformed through my coaching and here's what they have to say. Amrit is a fantastic coach. In a few sessions, he got to a depth that I'd only experienced before working with certain medicines. And He's gone through a lot of the struggles that you're probably facing. Then my corporate banking job wasn't really doing it. You feel like you're not making progress towards your goals. And Amrit's been a really strong, supportive figure in my journey. I'm more in control of myself. I'm kinder to myself. I actually have that vision and a purpose. I do feel like I'm a better version of myself already. Amazing energy. He was easy to talk to, which made me easy to trust him. Working with Emirate at nine o'clock on a Saturday morning and really I was bouncing out of bed. Whenever I get off the calls with Emirate, best money we've ever spent. <laughs> 
I would not recommend him because I don't want everyone to know about him and then I won't be able to book him. If he gets too busy, I won't get my turn. I would say absolutely. There's no way you can work with Amrit for a period of time without being transformed. So if you're considering him as a coach, do not hesitate because you won't be disappointed. As you guys can see, there's a lot of people all over the world from all these different corners experiencing incredible transformations. I don't think, if I can say humbly myself, that there is anything quite like this somewhere else online. Most people that you know have channels that you know grow and grow and grow don't really focus on one-to-one -one offerings. I have just found that it is the most profound space where you can bring yourself in a private container and really just share what's going on for yourself. And if you want to book in for that call with me, touch base, it's www amrit.coach forward slash life that's www.amrit.coach forward slash l-i-f-e there is a link in the show notes below to book in that call and yeah if you want to take your journey further if you want to dive in deeper and you really want to live a spiritually aligned life if it's for you please do check it out and without too much further ado once again for your spirit for yourself today's podcast and to drill down from above where we are now to, I guess, some nuts and bolts of how our thoughts create our reality and how to manifest things. There's a few things you've touched in there already. I know there's more. Um, but one of the first things being future-oriented thoughts as if they'd already happened, like giving prayer is thanks. Um, I think if you can expand upon that because you've described it, um, I don't want to say passingly, but somewhat passing, but I think it's, it deserves us drilling down and sort of you describing that for our audience um, inside out so we can actually understand why that's so important. And then I'm going to ask two questions at once, giving you sort of, I don't, that's probably the worst thing to do as an interviewer, but also the second piece being, because it lines up right after to answer, also the importance of the emotional state when you're trying to manifest because, yeah, you can have positively geared thoughts but then if your emotions aren't necessarily in alignment and then you know it it I probably still works to some degree but how you can like throw gasoline on the fire I guess and then any other bits of gasoline we can throw on the fire welcome for you to share the nuts and bolts and yeah more of that yeah good stuff okay so so this is what I am most suited to talk about I feel like and it's so worked in my life, you know, living You're deliberately, humble, creating yes, constantly. <laughs> thoughts become things. Um, so the gratitude angle, gratitude is powerful because it carries this energy, this sentiment, this frequency, this emotion of I have received. That's what gratitude is. You don't say that. That's what you say. Thank you, Mikey. Uh, you know, because somebody gave you something. So. The way it works, given that uh, what we think about, we bring about, and that our thoughts become things, if we're focusing on you know, the void or the desire, praying with question marks, there's a tendency to reinforce the absence of what we want in our life, which can, can push it away. There's so much wiggle room, sometimes it'll work. We're, we're so inclined to succeed. Because yeah, um, I sorry, I just wanted to jump in there for a sec because that was a profound realization that I got coming across your work, which was um, the way I describe it now to some of my coaching clients is, so let's just let's just use a house for my family. I want house. I want house. I want house. If I'm putting that out as a frequency, if I start to expand that and look at it not from just my desire point of view, but also from like an external notes from the universe, from the universe's point of view. Amrit wants, wants house, wants house, wants house, wants house. He's just going to be wanting, wanting. I'm putting out the frequency of 
lack. Every time someone says want to me now, all I hear is like, oh, I lack, I lack house, I lack house. And you're putting out the frequency of lack house. Potentially, you're more inclined to lack house than actually get house um, for said family, right? And that was a huge breakthrough that I got from your work. Um, sorry, I just had to pepper that in there. As Well, know, sorry, no, thanks continue. for that for added clarity. That's exactly what can happen and often does happen because most people not knowing how powerful they are, you know, that they want something to them doesn't mean they're going to get it. And, and it's like, and they start wanting it in a longing way and they start wanting it in a sorrowful way. And how come other people have it and I don't have it? Oh, I want it. I want it. Oh, please, God, can I have it? And that pushes it away big time. Um, I talked about the wiggle room, the play, the play that we're allowed. We're on a very loose leash by the universe, metaphorically, um, so that if someone wants something, but it's bolstered by a sense of like, it's there, other folks have it, I know I can have it, oh, I want it, so I want it, I want it, then that can actually be powerful. And it explains why sometimes wanting stuff will bring it into your life as long as you've shown up and you've taken action. But knowing this stuff and the parameters of manifestation, because it's a real thing. It's like a science. One day it'll be recognized as such. Um, the more accurate beeline to expressing ownership, which is what you want, is to express gratitude for it, whether or not it's here. If you give thanks with emotion, and I'll talk about that next, if you give thanks for what you have, thanks for my life, thanks for my wife, thanks for my joy thanks for the money in the shirt on the back that i'm wearing um that gratitude and that focus of possession and i have received i have received i have received that just creates more of the same give thanks for what you have and more shall be added unto you and similarly by extension when you give thanks for what you don't have as if you had it don't say thank you for the house i'm going to get you know, say, thanks for that awesome rocking house with the lower 48 acres, the woods, the pond, and the, the, the swimming pool. Thank you. I love my new house. Thank you. It is done. Thank you. I'm going to write my friends and invite them over this weekend. Creating that energy, that energy of I have received, I have received. This energy, this vibe, this frequency is what we're talking about when we say thoughts become things. And that goes out and literally rearranges the players and circumstances, fortunes or misfortunes on the stage of our life, predisposing us to so-called coincidences, accidents, otherwise known as serendipities, that, that are not recognizable as miracles, not until after the fact. And then all of a sudden, as long as we kept with that vibration, that frequency, thy kingdom shall come on earth as it was on the other side before you came into the illusions. And so Gratitude in that way, which already expresses I have received for that which you want as if you already had it, followed up with, I always teach, it's, it's uh, critical, you know, an embodiment of that vibration. Like, let me prepare for that house. Let me make a few phone calls. Let me drive through a few neighborhoods while I enjoy my life, while I find happiness anyway. Um, prepare to be astounded. And sometimes it It'll happen in a week. Sometimes it'll happen in a month. Sometimes it'll happen a couple of years later if you've kept with the vibe. So you better enjoy the journey because it might be a couple of years. 
even though for me, it was just like, I remember going to my mom's house and saying, where's the flipping magic? You know, when I was in the dark night of my soul and I had programmed it and I was doing all these things, I'd have these moments where I was bummed out. There's so much wiggle room, you're entitled. You can have a bad day. It's okay. Don't worry that you worry. Um, but when it finally started snowballing and I'm on my second world tour and I've got my you know fourth or fifth book out there and the, the subscriber base is growing, I'm just like, one day it's like, I'm living, I'm living the life of my dreams. It's like, like, and in the beginning, you know, before there was four books and two world tours, uh, I had this moment when it was just like, you know, I'm catching planes and meeting people and uh, being inspired, inspiring them. The money isn't a positive uh, flow right now. The income's greater than expenses. And it's like, that wasn't true for like, you know, 15 months. And it's like, it's freaking happened. And, and like, what day did it happen? When did it happen? Um, there was no day I went to bed grumbling about the slow progress. And the next morning I was like, you know, on the yellow brick road, it was like this very, very, at the time, painfully slow metamorphosis of my life. But I was so busy knocking on doors, perfecting, doing better, uh, that, that I didn't notice the metamorphosis. And then one day you, you wake up and it's just like, oh my God, it happened. Even during that time that I was bummed out, a little bit negative, I thought, you know, maybe, uh, maybe it's, not, it's not right. Maybe it's not me. Maybe I self-sabotage. I was at risk of quitting when in fact it was working full steam ahead. It just takes some time to transform every area of your life, which is where I was coming from at that point in my life. So, and then when it happens, it's so good, Amrit. It's like, it's like, oh, that didn't take long. That was fast. I would have waited five lifetimes, 20 lifetimes for how good and sweet it's gotten. It's amazing. Um, and so hopefully some of that illustrates a lot of the points I've been making that, that you know. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Um... So, so, um, your point on the importance of emotion. Should I go there? Please. Yeah. And also uh, what you were alluding to just then was also, and I'm so annoyed at myself, almost asking you two questions every time <laughs> I'm jumping. In that's okay. That's time. okay. But also from emotions, cause it's a bit you just left out on was consistency. 
um, as well, staying consistent. So sorry for doing this to you, but now we're talking about emotions, but then also if you can talk about consistency after, sorry for being that guy. I'm hungry for more. Sorry, what can I say? <laughs> Please, Mike. Yeah, let's no, we'll talk about the consistency. I got, I got, I'm ready. I, I got a layer here for your emotions. Uh, I'm holding on to it. And so um, the consistency thing is, is, yeah, rather obvious, but the, you know, I mean, you want to you you want to continue to care in a joyful way. Uh, I mean, I was kind of seeing progress, little bits here and there that kept me in the game. Um, that was never the life of my dreams, but okay, spark here and a possibility there, and you know, a contact in South Africa or whatever. It's like okay, you know, and and that helped me bide my time, during which I continued to write the notes uh, and and work on the various projects that I was experimenting with back then, whether it was shopping carts or e-cards or affiliate marketing. Um, and, and, and that was super important. But maybe the consistency thing, the thing that makes consistency easy, easier, is, is, is taking action. Because it can't just be vision boards and gratitude. Um, that that'll never work. You know, that's like giving your car the GPS destination to South Beach, Miami, when I live in Orlando, and say, "All right, uh, I'm there. Thank you. I know what it's like. I feel my toes in the sand." You're not going. You are not going. And in fact, guidance your pro your car is programmed not to help you by the geniuses in Detroit and Stuttgart or wherever they are making their cars these days. Their car is programmed not to help you until you put your car in gear. And then it starts speaking. Continue straight down the, you know, A1A. Can make a left, make a right, make a legal U-turn. So you can program the destination, but that doesn't get you there. And the car doesn't start speaking to you until you're rolling. And then there's no wrong direction because it'll self-correct on the way. And when you're in motion, uh, you are creating exponentially more opportunities with every step you take for the universe to intervene. And then you start seeing sparks of light. Like, so I'm not saying just do one thing. Your destination ought to be life transformation, wealth and abundance, health and healing, friends and laughter, and then do a lot of things about friends and laughter. Do a lot of things about health and healing. Try this, try that, read a book, ask questions, um, start a blog, write a whatever, join a hospital, do a lot of different things for each of these general areas you want to go to. And then you've always got something that's occupying you. You're exponentially leaving room for the universe to reach you. Every new door, every new handshake, every new question, there's thousands more possibilities uh, and you're elevated so that you can see more clearly the terrain ahead. And then it's easy to be consistent. Then you go home and you look at your vision board, thumbs up, and you know you might have your creative visualization or your affirmation. Those things follow more effortlessly, and it would be more effortless for people to take action if they knew how little was required of them on a consistent basis. I mean, you don't hit the home run. You're the pitcher. You're just throwing the ball to the universe, and the universe hits the home run. The universe picks which pitch it's going to hit, but you don't know. So you just got to pitch and nothing's happening. If you don't keep pitching, there's no home run. So your pitches are your baby steps. You go and you press the flesh and you update your resume and you ask 
for help, um, you network, you cold call. Those are awesome spiritual baby steps, as valuable as meditation. You know, go out there and do the logical stuff that your peers are doing who don't know about life's magic. And then you've hoisted your sails that are filled by the unfailing winds of the universe that will take you to any port of call that you can dream of. There's a little bit of, and correct me if I'm wrong, this is my awareness of it, and I'm happy to be corrected, but people generally will, some people will say this, and I also feel that there's a healthy, and people probably won't use the word healthy, but there's a healthy level of delusion that's required um, when you're sort of prescribing like, hey, like it's already happened earlier as you were saying the gratitude piece. Um, you know, it's like gratitude as if it's already happened. And also in these moments, like, cause I feel it in my work with the inspired evolution. Yeah. You throw a hundred pitches and only two or three get caught, but the opportunities for me to go, Oh shit, they got caught, <laughs> you know, as opposed to dude, you missed 97, <laughs> you know, and re requiring the attention to focus on actually it does work what parts of it work, um, then I can start to get, you know, analytical about it and start to understand it a little bit better. But there is a, uh, I, yeah, I just wish there was a health, a better way of putting it. But my relationship with healthy delusion, I think, is a requirement for some of this work. Your understanding of that? Yeah, well, I think you're spot on, particularly using the lingo of the times. These are very primitive times, Amrit. Uh, and, and we're approaching a tipping point towards far more light coming in, in our lifetimes to live like we've never lived on planet earth. And everybody will be talking metaphysics, but to the uninitiated who, to whom metaphysics is like the occult, then yeah, it's delusional. So, you know, fancy delusional, hopeful delusional, or optimistic, whatever, how you phrased it. Um, but when you start getting it and it's not hard to get, uh, that, that everything must be of God, by God, pure God. There, there's, how could there be God and then something that's not God? It's like, that's not hard to get. So you know that you are part of God. And then when you start to realize, and there's so many volumes, even the Bible has so many jewels in it that talk about believe and ye shall receive, and that ye are gods, and on and on, you know, the, so much of which has been missed based on, you know, our obsession with, you know, the devil and hell and do this and don't do that and the commandments and, you know, all of it has its place. But when you start feeling and understanding the truth about the nature of reality, and because there is a truth, it is absolute, it is empowering, it is all about love, then you start realizing, yeah, it, the one variable in any one of our lives is us and our thoughts. Everything else is kind of fixed and settled a long time ago, as a note from the universe once said. The only variable is what you choose to think. And thereby, fortunes or misfortunes untold will usher into your life based on your thoughts. So think some good ones and realize your words are your thoughts spoken. But because they've been chosen out of 70,000, we're told, a day, you know, whittled, how many words do we speak a day? Far, far fewer than how many thoughts we think a day. So those words can be almighty because they've been chosen from the, from the cherry tree 
I don't want to say apple tree because that'll bring up, you know, the forbidden fruit, but we can go there. I'd love to go there too. Um, but that's a total, totally different uh, metaphor. Our words are therefore our thoughts that will become things the soonest because generally they will have more emotion and more focus behind them. And our behavior are nothing more than our thoughts of us animated, us in motion. And if we're moving in the general direction of our dreams, however seemingly pathetic, feeble, and futile, which is almost always the case at the beginning of a journey, we are still nonetheless evidencing and demonstrating um, a, a view, a frequency, if you will, that this is going to happen because I wouldn't be so damn stupid to go down this path if it wasn't. I'm doing this for a dang reason, and it is because I'm grateful for the power of summoning legions in the unseen and commanding the elements to do my bidding. So I'm showing up to do my part, and every step we take, Amrit, gives the universe an opportunity to take 10,000 more on our behalf. All invisible, you see no confirmation, but take one more baby step. You now got 20,000 baby steps behind the curtains of time and space on you. The legions are marching as you start marching. And so it doesn't seem so futile when you get this to throw a pitch and nothing happens. Well, that wouldn't have been the right one. There's a better one coming. It's going to get hit out of the park even further. By the way, my pitches are baseball. Uh, and so you don't catch a pitch, you, you hit the pitch. It's a baseball reference. You hit the home run. The universe hits the home run. You're just the pitcher. So pitch with a glad heart. Know that it will happen uh, in the right place at the right time. There's no other mitigating forces, not your karma, not ancient spiritual contracts, not Jack, not nothing else uh, decides but you, and thereby it's not so woo woo. It's like, and then you start seeing the evidence, and you know how this game works. And people who who are wildly successful, who, who don't even know this stuff, you can see that they were congruent. You can see that they continued pressing on. You can see what they were focusing on. It's like it, it explains everything that happens in the jungles, these sacred, beautiful jungles of time and space, our thoughts becoming things, words and actions included. Self-evident. The glad heart. Let's bring that conversation around the glad heart and the emotions in. Sorry for keeping all the suspense for everybody going in the conversation. Tell us about the importance of emotions when it comes to all of this, please, Mike. Okay, so let's talk about emotions right now. Okay, and then we'll go to the glad heart or whatever you like. Um, all right, so here's something, and this is being uh, overly finicky, but it's an opportunity for a teaching point, and it's not to put you on the spot. But the, the way you phrased it, which is spot on, um, you know, the importance of emotion. I mean, right away, I feel like I could get this wrong. Right away, like the importance. It's like, you can't get this wrong. Follow your heart and you're going to be led with joy and the emotion will accompany you. So, but the truth is, uh, the more emotions, particularly joyful emotions, which are in alignment with our nature, 
as opposed to fear, which is a very powerful emotion, but it's not in alignment with our nature. It's not in alignment with the truth of reality that we're living our adventures out in the heart of God. Where's there room for fear? It's harder to make a fearful thought become a thing than it is a joyful thought to become a thing. And so I tell audiences, you know, don't worry that you worry. It's freaking okay. There's wiggle room. There's a latitude here. So long as you do the consistency, you stick with it. Maybe there's gratitude. You take the baby steps. Five minutes of positivity will offset in my life. I've seen 18 hours, morning till evening fear. Five minutes of positivity, coupled with baby steps, coupled with action. That's how pegged we are to succeed. But speaking to emotion, uh, I guess I don't know my science that well, but frequency and vibration, I would say as a, a novice in that arena, that the intensity, uh, the power behind a thought towards its realization manifestation is ramped up big time when felt when rolled up in emotion. I mean, I will literally do this sometimes visualizing. I will just be like, yes, yes, so be it. Hallelujah. Thank you. And I'm thinking it and I'm just, uh, I'm just like, ah, uh, and I learned, I know how silly that must look and that's kind of embarrassing, but hey, the truth is the truth and this works. Okay. So I don't care what anybody thinks about it because uh, I can have things my way. But through some really critical times in my life where there was lack uh, or loneliness, uh, um, being desperate and dateless, I joke, much of my adult life, didn't get married till I was 50, didn't become a dad till I was 53. Oh my gosh, best things ever. But because I was so lonely so often, and I remember wanting a relationship so so much, you know, in, in the wanting, I don't have it sense. You know, so I would cover that up with gratitude and, and, and a joyful feeling, but I would, I would involuntarily without intention and only noticed it kind of in hindsight, there were times when I would just be like, Oh, I like, I just want it so bad. I, ah, with a sense and a presumption that I can have it. Not like, oh, wouldn't it be nice? And why not me? And it'll never happen. And that's the difference of wanting. You know, wanting is not ideal. And now when I do it, I, I don't do the I want, I want. I'm like, thank you, thank you, thank you, and hallelujah. Um, but I wrap it and inject it with as much emotion as I possibly can. And the results back then when it was unintentional, merely observed, were like, oh, my God, like, like that is freaky crazy how quickly things transformed in my life. And so I've brought it with intention to other areas of my life. I've improved it by dropping the yearning and adding the gratitude. And uh, it's one of my go-to methods for, for all things. And it's all about emotion. Let's call it this, because it's so valuable, rather than saying it's important. Because I feel like I could get that wrong. Now there's another technique here. Another thing I could, should, must do if I want to transform my life. And this is really important. Ah! Thank you for correcting that nuance. I think it's highly important, um, especially because in these dimensions, let's just call it that for need of a better word, that the subtleties really matter. 
the subtleties really matter. Um, they make all the difference as you're just describing. So thank you for, yeah, for correcting me as well. I really appreciate that. Uh, it's not a correction. It's just, you know. No, it's definitely a nudge in the right direction. When I'm, when I'm sitting there and I'm doing it, I was gonna be, it's going to be sitting in the back of my mind. Like, oh, yeah, that's right. Don't, you, you can't fuck it up. Sorry, part of my French. <laughs> so don't bring that frequency of a better not, you know. Just relax. Go with it. Glad heart. Um, so a big part of what we've been discussing thus far is energy flows where attention goes. Um, and you mentioned even just five minutes of that a day can, you know, offset 18 hours in your experience of like all the worry that uh, all the worries in the world almost. And I think that's really important to remember. There's been a big, um, yeah, there's been a big ode in the inspired evolution to consistently try our best to focus on the positive you know we try and share positive media good news media just because there is a lot of negative media out there in the world and i think that whole intention has been really important for us um it's been difficult at times if i admit so myself just with the channel being what it is because fear does actually sell people are attracted to watch more fear um and in order to try and carve your way through all the noise um whilst trying to remain from a place of love has actually provided a lot of challenges not so much for what we're doing because we love what we do obviously there's that heart in everything we do but also just recognizing that oh it actually there is so much fear out there combating against itself that there's pathways of love when you're trying to build them in the sense have been, um, yeah, uh, and less charted, let's call it that. They, they seem to be less charted, but they have been charted, which is awesome. There's people like yourself that have been doing this world, uh, sorry, doing this work in the world um, for such a long time. And I think therein lies one of the quotes I've recently come across, which was, you know, the mountain that you're facing, and I think this is one of the things that we've explored today as well, is it's great for it may feel like a mountain for you to summit and it may be a challenge, but you may not be aware of all the others that you are conquering it for, that you're inspiring, that it's possible to do the same, you know? Um, and it may not even be others. It may be your future self that you're conquering it for. One of the points in there that I wanted to touch base on, which is what you alluded to just quietly is that there's a tipping point coming this like my curiosity just could not stop and just hey hey where, where there's a tipping point um can you tell us a little bit more about potentially what's ahead for humanity as a whole hmm. well i think i think we can all see it it's literally uh been prophesized by many thousands of years ago with freaking uncanny accuracy because nothing is destined but there are probabilities and likelihoods and the evolution of consciousness on a planet, in a town, in a household, in, in ourselves can be quite evidently plotted and in conjunction with the, the energies of different parts of the physical universe and the planet herself. Uh, that's my explanation of how they were able to discern what was going on. Uh, the book of Revelations, this is, it's happening now. People are being separated, quote unquote, like wheat from the chaff. I mean, look at your news, look at the, the right wing and the left wing and the MAGA, MAGA people and the, this people. And it's like, I've never seen, none of us, the, the world has never seen such diametrically opposed views uh, ever. 
and, and Nostradamus, uh, the age of Aquarius, the end of the Mayan calendar, which was 2012, which was significant because it's the beginning of a brand new Mayan calendar. Nobody talks about that. It was like the end of times. It was the end of that era. Uh, and, and changes have been percolating and seeping through even before 2012, but they're coming to a, a boiling point um, right about now, uh, this year, the election in the United States, the, 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 the sad wars that are happening and the philosophies justifying each side of every equation. It's like, just don't take a side. Um, but we see the separation, which can almost be um, named as, you know, choosing love versus fear. Uh, many have said that. And what else is happening is that that we are literally finally coming out of the caves, caveman, cavewoman, finally now, most of us are still in the caves. Uh, forget what we think is high technology and AI. I mean, that's a cool conversation and there is consciousness there, but, but still, still spiritually speaking, we are caveman, cavewoman right now, by and large, you know, as we shared earlier, people's views about why we're here and being judged and God is angry, like, oh my gosh, draconian craziness. Um, this is a time within our lifetimes uh, that, that humanity is moving from the darkness into the light, um, into truth. Truth is absolute. Uh, it is benign. It is empowering. I'm not talking about a whole bunch of truths. We're all one. There's only love. Uh, thoughts become things. Um, everything's playing to a greater good. I mean, those are the bare bone truths that hold up the stage that we play our lives upon in time and space. Th that's it. And these are coming to light. Back in 2007, was it, when The Secret by Rhonda Byrne came out that I was featured in with 25 other people? It's like it started then, it started in the late 1900s, but it's coming to a full boil. And boy, are there some people unhappy with it because it means more discussion. It means more openness. It means more uh, fairness. If the old system worked for you, and it worked for many, not the majority, but it worked really well for many, um, these ideas of, you know, sexuality being talked about and Black Lives Matter, that's terrifying, you know, because it's threatening the very foundation that the old systems were built upon. And so they're clawing back. No, no, we're not going to do it that way. No, no, that's never been done before. No, no, we, we can't give handouts to the poor. It'll be squandered. Or, uh, and all the, but other folks, particularly the younger generation, and bless these students and uh, universities and high schools. I mean, boy, are they waking up and seeing things that the the older, wiser generation aren't seeing. And, and they're wanting discussion. They're wanting openness. They're seeing perspectives that have been there all along that no one has chosen, by and large, heretofore. So there's this irrevocable ascension happening on planet Earth right now. Ascension simply means a an increased vibration, an increased frequency. What does that mean? I don't quite know, but it's just more love, more love. And people are saying that it's in frequency and vibration, which totally resonates with me, but I'm not a scientist. So this irrevocable 
ascension, call it more light, more love, more vibration on planet Earth is happening, where manifestations will be quicker in every regard, good, bad, and ugly, where truth will become more prevalent and more known and more discussed. Um, and what remains to be seen, however, is, you know, the, 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 the how the resistance plays out and what kind of strength it will maintain. And, because there's no going back. There's no going back. But the resistance, some of which articulate, they'd rather see the whole thing come down than move forward um, with more inclusion, with more of all the things we've been talking about. So th this is a slippery slope. Uh, you could say it's a perilous time, but it's also brimming with possibilities for uh, cooperation like we've never seen it amongst individuals, amongst nations, um, prosperity like we've never imagined it, um, full bellies and clean water, which has never been the case on planet Earth. I mean, this is all on the cusp. And I don't know how big the fallout will be, but on the other side, whether it's a few folks or a few billion uh, or eight billion putting together the pieces, it will be an entirely new world order um, based on love and trust and faith uh, in one another. And with the higher vibrations, it makes sense, I can't explain it, with the higher vibrations, we will all be far more receptive to spirit and our higher self. And these conversations that I'm wanting to have, as Jesus did uh, with his higher self, so long ago, where we will be able to more clearly be led by our heart uh, and not incessantly dragged around by logic and intellect and ego. And suddenly, our focal point will be spirit. The spirit that moves within me is the same as you. The God that pours through my eyes right now is the same as the God that pours through your eyes. These are all metaphors. Uh, not trying to create separation here, but far more accurate metaphors than what we've used so far. So we are on the cusp of unimaginable good times, but there, but there is fear. It is rampant. Um, so programs like yours uh, are are shining the light into the world. Uh, the work I do, hopefully, doing the same, and. Uh, just fasten your seatbelts and love every minute because it's unfolding perfectly. Perfectly. We are eternal beings. We can't get this wrong. Uh, it's a lot of drama, a lot of romance, and that's part of the allure. Just enjoy the heck out of it. Um, it's going to be it's going to be amazing. Hey, you're inspired tribe. I want to take a quick sec. I wanted to share something today with you that is really dear to my heart. And it's actually what keeps the entire ecosystem around the inspired evolution thriving my one on one coaching. So it's basically coaching that helps you live a spiritually aligned life. I coach people from all different types of walks of life that these people are leaders and they're looking to have an incredible spiritual impact in the lives that they're leading for themselves and then also lead in alignment to their values. Now you don't have to take my word for it. Here's a few people that have also transformed through my coaching and here's what they have to say. 
Amrit is a fantastic coach. In a few sessions, he got to a depth that I'd only experienced before working with certain medicines. He's gone through a lot of the struggles that you're probably facing. Then my corporate banking job wasn't really doing it. You feel like you're not making progress towards your goals. And Amrit's been a really strong, supportive figure in my journey. I'm more in control of myself. I'm kinder to myself. I actually have that vision and a purpose. I do feel like I'm a better version of myself already. Amazing energy. He was easy to talk to, which made me easy to trust him. Working with Emmerich at nine o'clock on a Saturday morning and really I was bouncing out of bed. Whenever I get off the calls with Emmerich, best money we've ever spent. <laughs> I would not recommend him because I don't want everyone to know about him and then I won't be able to book him. If he gets too busy, I won't get my turn. I would say absolutely. There's no way you can work with Amrit for a period of time without being transformed. So if you're considering him as a coach, do not hesitate because you won't be disappointed. As you guys can see, there's a lot of people all over the world from all these different corners experiencing incredible transformations. I don't think, if I can say humbly myself, that there is anything quite like this somewhere else online. Most people that you know have channels that you know grow and grow and grow don't really focus on one-to-one -one offerings. I have just found that it is the most profound space where you can bring yourself in a private container and really just share what's going on for yourself. And if you want to book in for that call with me, touch base, it's www amrit.coach forward slash life. That's www.amrit.coach forward slash L-I-F-E. There is a link in the show notes below to book in that call. And yeah, if you want to take your journey further, if you want to dive in deeper and you really want to live a spiritually aligned life, if it's for you, please do check it out. And without too much further ado, once again, for your spirit, for yourself, today's podcast. I've got one sneaky last little question is for those that are tuning into this I think there's just one little stone left unturned because there are some people and you mentioned the forbidden fruit before and maybe this is connected to it maybe it's not but the question is along the lines of the safety of desires some people um you know I'm, I'm leaning into even there are schools of philosophy which are the highest desire is to be desireless um and yet it's okay that, you know, we, in some other schools of thought we have that, you know, our desire is God, you know, it's like what we have, what we are seeking, it is, it's seeking itself. It's, you know, divine. So there seems to be, maybe they're not at, end, at odds because some, maybe it's just the mind. I've noticed contradictions only actually live in human minds. Um, but, you know, there is some, yeah, are our desires safe is the question I want to ask you to unpack um, before I let you guys. Yeah. Well, being of God, by God, pure God, our instincts, our nature, our, you know, water level is pure and of love and all about growth and expansion, joy and camaraderie. That is our nature. But emerging from millennia of fear and the belief in you know, evil spirits. You know what evil spirits were, according to Ken Carey? I just picked up this book again, The Third Millennium. It's mind-boggling. The original references to evil spirits were, were to, you know, self-loathing, anger, resentment, jealousy. Those are the evil spirits. There was not, there's no evil spirits, period. There's no devil, period. What a silly, silly, silly idea. Um, but emerging from these times where there was such distrust and such fear for survival, and understandably so, 
you know, it kind of bred upon itself and it makes us think that, you know, that, that, that our desires could be, you know, animated by Lucifer himself and that we cannot be trusted because we don't trust anybody else. Why trust ourselves? That's, that's where all of that came from. So, and I read something somewhere else very simply, you know, every, oh, this is Conversations with God, book four, I just read Awaken the Species, which is all about this, this, this awakening and the, the ascension and the light. People know right from wrong. People do, like it or not, people know. And, and right, what's right? Isn't that a judgment call? What's wrong? My right might be your wrong. It's like, we know, okay? Words fail when applied to truth. They're going to slip and slide all over the place. But, you know, when people do something underhanded, let's say, conniving, uh, dishonest, they know it. And they know that it's not right. And they, they have their rationale and their reasons. And it was done to them by the person they're doing it to. And this is just payback. or blah, 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 blah. But we all know. And when we have a desire, invariably, given that our desires, unless polluted by our ego, our desires are our pipeline to the higher self. I mean, our desires generally arrive um, pure from our highest self to remind us or tell us, inform us of what we're truly capable of. And contrary to old school thinking, my success doesn't come at the expense of anybody else. We live in a holographic universe. If I get rich, 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 that's only going to inspire more people to get rich, 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 rich. And don't believe your physical senses, as we talked about earlier, thinking that, you know, my metaphor is, you know, if we lived on a primitive island and there was only so many coconuts and coconuts were the currency, if I somehow accumulated a few more coconuts overnight, it would always be at the expense of someone else. But that's not how things work in these sacred jungles of time and space. Anyone following a dream and making it come true will only enrich in everyone whose paths they cross, as well as uh, people ob observing from the peanut gallery. And because you mentioned the original fruit, because I mentioned it earlier, the forbidden fruit, the original sin, um, going back to, to this idea of what evil spirits were, very similarly, though not from Ken Carey, more from my own mind. Now, it's so clear. Uh, the, the tree of knowledge was the tree of ego, was the tree of intellect. And we started using intellect over our intuition. And when we bit into the apple, the delusion being that, oh boy, this is an apple. I am me and this is an apple and smells so good. It's separation. Oh, bite it. Oh, now it's got a reality all its own. And I've completely forgotten that it's a streaming manifestation of my own in the dream that I call my life. I am part of that. It is a figment of my imagination. So biting into the apple as if it was real, as if it could nourish you. And I know we believe that now, and it therefore does. But that reached, that was a tipping point in the other direction, where we fell from the grace of uh, understanding our true nature, our divine, eternal, spiritual nature. And that brought on the illusions and this, the belief in separation. I'm here. I'd like to go there. I have not, I want to have, I'm high, I want to go low or low, I want to go high. But that brought on the game 
and that brought on the beauty and that brought on the romance. So uh, it was characterizes this ugly thing, this fall from grace. I think it's part and parcel for the kind of adventure we bought the ticket for. You know, it's like, I'm going to go there, I'm going to forget, and then I'm going to remember. And I'm going to experience it like it could never have been experienced. And each of us is is here, if you will, metaphorically, um, given, giving all that is the opportunity to know the bounty of life through a pair of eyes that that show a window that's never been seen before. What you have seen, Amrit, in your life and what you have felt with your heart has never been experienced until you came. And it never will be. That's your 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 beauty, your uniqueness, your value. And too often we judge ourselves based on achievements and attainments and th- and others. Um, self-love is uh, something I've been talking about this month with Marcy, Marcy Shimoff, you know, is the ticket to all else. Uh, you see yourself in everything and, and you see divinity within yourself and the floodgates open. All right, my rant is done. No, it's not a rant. Don't call it that. <laughs> Dude, thank you so much. That was so illuminating, especially to help. Um, I don't want to use the word. It, it connected is probably the word I want to use. Um, yeah, just my awareness because even following what you what happened to you in 1999 and as we tipped over into the year 2000, there was so much for your senses, your five senses, to sort of feel like so much contraction. And yet what you just described was, you know, as the dissociation from the fruit, like the, the intellect and the knowledge and the five sensory reality that we live in as opposed to the intuitive truth of what is. And I guess, yeah, just anchoring in, I just wanted to pepper this in the podcast somewhere because I thought it was really useful um, even for me coming to your work, um, for everyone just to be reminded that it can be as simple as just holding a positive intention in certain domains of your life. And the four domains you had, I extrapolated it to five for myself, but it was wealth and abundance, friend and laugh, friends and laughter, creative, fulfilling work, international travel. And uh, I changed, I also added in health and vitality. Um, awesome. Yeah, just, wow. Yeah, just ha- just I'm honored that you're so aware in. of my work. Yeah, I think it just helps to sort of remind yourself that, well, as we've had this conversation today, how you're feeling about those things as opposed to what your senses are necessarily feeding back to you because that can be part of that delusion that we've just so described. Exactamente. Well said. Very well said. (laughs) Oh, very well said, standing on the shoulders of everything you've shared here with us today. And so I get to thank you for today's conversation because – not only is it polite to, but there's genuine gratitude. And part of me is hoping through the sneakily, I'm probably going to give away some of my neuroses here. I'm hoping me expressing gratitude means I get to see you again on the podcast. <laughs> through I've the powers of manifestation as well. Um, but then also, man, like, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a lifetime's worth of work. You've been doing this for 30 plus years. I dare to date you, but honestly, it's been incredible. Um, just, yeah, just how you've been carrying the consistency for the prayer for this work, the light, the love that you're sharing with the world. And, you know, there is so much. The, thinking about the ripple effects of all of that is beyond humbling. But even just thinking into what today's conversation has afforded us and where that's going to go for people in touch with is really just so much gratitude, Mike. Thank you so much for who you are and what you do in the world. It's an honor. And you're doing the same work. And it's great to be in your energy, Amrit. Thank you so much for your work. Oh,
Thank you so much for tuning in to this amazing episode of the Inspired Evolution. Without you, the Inspired Evolution tribe, this podcast would not be what it is today. Thank you so much for your love and your support. Thank you so much for being so inspired to evolve. It's truly inspiring. If you haven't already done so, please subscribe to the Inspired Evolution on YouTube, the home of the Inspired Evolution's video podcast. We release inspiring conversations such as this every week, along with guided meditations and empowering insights all designed to help you grow and evolve. Honestly, your subscription on YouTube to the channel helps us out a great deal. And one of the other benefits, if you're having any insights or shifts from these episodes that you want to chat about, or if you'd like to leave myself or the guest a message, please do so in the comments on YouTube. I truly look forward to hearing from you. And as always, Tribe, remember to stay inspired and keep evolving. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.